following is a recording of SACBC's Fall Ohigan service on September 25th, 2022.
Good morning. I think so. I will continue on with the uh, the adult uh, message. Um, so, uh, 
Yes, uh, Thursday. Uh, I went to Los Angeles um, for the second time in, in two weeks, uh, and then I came back yesterday night uh, in the evening. And the reason why I went uh, was because at the Japanese uh, American National Museum, which is in Little Tokyo, um, you know, you know where the the original Nishihong, the L.A. Betsuing, was originally there. Uh, and that's where all the Japanese Americans were rounded up and, and sent off to Santa Anita Racetrack after for the camps. Um, but uh, the original Nishihonganji was there, right? Uh, and that, the Sagare Fuji is still there if you ever get a chance to go. Have you, have you who's been there before? Oh, oh, okay, so it's on First Street um, and it's in Los Angeles. And now there's a big museum there. And um, the reason why I went was because a professor by the name of Duncan Williams, who is actually a Zen um, uh, scholar um, who teaches at USC, invited um, a lot of people. And he's doing some research in this area. He wrote a book called American Sutra, which is a recent book that came out. Um, and um, it talks about the Japanese-American incarceration experience um, and you know how the Buddhists uh, carried on their faith uh, during the camp time. Okay, uh, and so. Um, but he, uh, doing, while he was doing his research, he noticed that neither the government nor any Buddhist temple um, nor any church had a comprehensive list of all the names of those who went to camp. So then he sets about to um, this project to try to get all the names, and he um, I, he has a list of names that are pretty. It has uh, 120,000 some odd names, I think. Um, uh, but it's not exhaustive. I think he's still looking to see if there's other names that were involved. Um, and, um, and so he compiled this uh, list of names into what is called a ireicho. Ireicho, okay? So you know that ireito, like if you go to Manzanar, there's that big um, monument that's for all of the, you know, to uh, memorialize this, uh, the people who have passed away there. And then every um, temple, ideally, should have what's called a kakocho. Do you know what a kakocho is? Okay, a kakocho is all the the members of the temple. Usually, it's right here in the oh, Shumidan, right next to Amida Buddha. It's a log of all the names of those who are part members of this temple. And so, if you look at you know Japan and some of their um, their temples are hundreds of years old. They have log books that are hundreds hundreds of oh, they have thousands of names that are listed ever since like uh, the Edo period, maybe even prior to that, right? So because the the Buddhist centers used to be these. Uh, kind of, you know, city hall, civic centers in a sense, right? Because if someone died or someone was born, you had to report that to the local temple. And so the temple had names of all of these, uh, of these uh, people. Um, and so later on, that becomes this kakocho, and they have a kakocho. And um, we don't have one, but this is actually our kakocho in a sense, um, uh, what we have here, um, because it's the past members who have passed away. So um, anyway, so that... Uh, that that list of names was compiled into this huge book. Okay, so I'd like to share uh, some of these pictures that I I took at the uh, at the Japanese American National Museum event. Uh, photos here, so I have like barbecue pictures and stuff like that. Anyway, um, let's see. So this one is in the. They're giving a little tour of the the museum. Um, So this is the, uh, there's also a picture of this in the book here, but this is one of this, the obutsudan that they made in the camps using the wood uh, in the camps. And um, I guess there were two carpenters, their brothers, who, who made this huge obutsudan, very, very big. It's, it's almost the size of this uh, um, shumidan, this center one here. 
Okay, so this I will talk about a little bit later again in more detail, but um, um, these are rocks and on these rocks, if you look carefully, there's a kanji written on it and um, this is of the Lotus Sutra, okay, one of the Buddhist scriptures. I will talk a little bit more detail what this is. So that's the size of the Butsudang. So this is the title, the exposition, uh, or the, um, uh, the Tenji, the... Um, uh, yeah, uh, the, 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 at the museum called Sutra and Bible because okay. there were uh, you know, a lot of Buddhist and Christians that went to these camps. Uh, this is a timeline. This is kind of all of the, you know, the, the Buddhist ministers and, and Christian pastors and Shinto priests that were gathered together to listen to the orientation. Um, there's Duncan Williams. His face is really small, but he's in his robes. And each camp um, was represented. And so if you look uh, carefully at the middle, there's this little jar there, and that has the soil. That has the soil of every... So they gathered the soil of all the camps and brought them back to, to this. Um, and I will explain what that is too. This is, the, this is the Nishihonganji, the side of the building. And then this is the, um, the bishops that are carrying the Ireicho. And this is the actual book of names. It's a very big book. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, okay. So yeah, that's kind of the idea of what um, is being talked about here. Um, but uh, so, um, one hundred twenty-five thousand names, and uh, uh, and it was a very interesting. You could feel free to take a look at this book. This book was given to all of the people uh, later participants. Uh, so it was a kickoff to this uh, Tenji, this exposition, and they re or, uh, had a memorial service. And so all of the religious representatives of different um, locations came to this. So there's a lot of Kaikyoshi ministers there, but other, you know, Shinto, again, I said Shinto priests, Zen priests, um, uh, and Christian pastors that were there too as well. Um, but for me personally, I kind of felt like an empty vessel uh, because uh, going into this, because I don't have any connection. Um, I don't have actually any relatives uh, that went to uh, the camps. Um, and um, my father tells a funny story. He says that, um, you know, all of the members were talking about camps and camps, you know, and he thought it was at first it was like a summer camp <laughs> that they go to have fun and stuff. But he later finds out that it's these, uh, the, the, the incarceration camp. And so um, we, I didn't, I felt like I was this empty vessel, but nevertheless uh, that, um, you know, I went there to absorb all of the kind of the experiences there. And it's very interesting, you know, all the, uh, the participants, they brought, uh, you know, mementos of, of, of the camp. So they had, you know, friends and family uh, pictures of, of the camp. And they were, you know, they put them on their uh, personhood as they went to go do Almighty. Um, or some people brought like uh, Nenju or, you know, just kind of um, uh, memorabilia uh, from the, the camps that they brought to this. So just seeing that and, and seeing how impacted all these people were uh, from this service is very touching to see this and it, and to see that you know people of all different faiths come together uh, to kind of um, uh, remember those who have uh, came before us and why we are here it is because of these people and so the uh, Duncan Williams says that part of the project is not only to memorialize those who have gone before us but also to kind of 
repair uh, from here on out to what do we do to make sure that the next generation doesn't have the same experience to make sure that you know our identity continues on uh, um, as, as Japanese Americans here in America. So there is this idea of past, present, and future uh, represented in this um, in this uh, thing. And he also talks about something very interesting. Um, he talks about that we shouldn't be ashamed of this history. We shouldn't be regretful of the things that happened to us. As a matter of fact, we should be proud and we should be honest. That this, that's what this uh, Irecho does. And so he gives the example of the Kintsugi. Uh, Kintsugi, okay, so let me show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so if like, you know, a plate or a teacup falls and breaks, you know, it cracks, um, they mend those pieces together with gold and then they, they meld it back together. Um, and and the, the cracks, uh, which at first, you know, look like, you know, um, damage to the, to the cup, actually turns out to become um, the, the, the uniqueness, the beauty of the cup, right? And it's been re, kind of, uh, re, there's this new found perspective of this cup. This cup. So if you look at, for example, this, um, you know, it shows you kind of, it gives you an idea of this, you know, and you know how these crafts, you can't predict what, it, what it's going to look like, right? And so um, it's melded together through the gold and it becomes this beautiful new piece of, uh, of pottery or ceramic. Um, and so um, he was saying that we are kind of like this and that, you know, we might have been broken in this history um, and, and traumatized, uh, but th that experience then becomes the source of strength, uh, of solidarity, uh, and identity uh, as as Japanese Americans here uh, in America, and so I thought that was a really powerful statement. It's very uh, it, it's very in line with Jodo Shinshu Buddhism uh, because in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, uh, Shinnan Shonin talks about the the ice becoming uh, uh, the more the ice, the more the water. In other words, the more the the blind passions that we have, the more we realize um, that we are embraced. And uh, by the Amida Buddha's great compassion, the more we join and become the water uh, of Amida Buddha. And so um, that is a very kind of Jodo Shinshu. Um, uh, um, it's something that we can very get behind very much. And so uh, it was a very um, uh, great experience uh, being a part of this. And I felt like I was, and, but of course I have to, you know, take a Buddhist kind of interpretation of this, right? So what is the Buddhist understanding of this? Uh, and then, uh, so the, I would like to go back to the, the picture of the Lotus Sutra. So um, uh, a person who was uh, kind of landscaping the area, one of the camps, I forget which name it was, um, was just kind of digging a sh with his shovel. And then here, uh, like and then he's like, what, what is this? So he thought it might have been like, kind of like a coffin or something like that. But upon further inspection, he realizes it's this barrel of all these rocks in it. And, um, and then he looks inside and these rocks have you know, kanji on there. And he doesn't know what this is. For the longest time, they didn't know what, what it was. But um, some a researcher uh, uh, did a little analyzing and realized that it was part of the, the Lotus Sutra. We don't chant the Lotus Sutra, but it's very important for the Tendai tradition and the Nichiren tradition. Uh, but it's uh, nevertheless uh, the Lotus Sutra. And so um, had he not stumbled upon this, we would have never seen this. And it would have been lost in history. But it, these were written uh, during the camps. Uh, and um, so one of the ministers uh, left this behind. Um, and so it, it really, you know, there is this idea in Buddhism where they, they bury the, the sutras 
in hopes that future generations will be able to uh, come in contact with the Buddha Dharma. So if in this present state of conditions, like there's like a war or like a famine and they don't know if they're going to live on, they bury the sutras so that in the future, future generations might, might uh, come across these sutras, which is exactly what happened here. Um, and so um, it's, it's a very significant thing to kind of remember uh, this. And I, you know, I, think, I think to myself that, you know, sometimes we are in a dire situation too, right? You know, this, this world, we don't know with climate change and all these things happen. And I look at, you know, quite frankly, the situation of the BCA and our, our temples, um, the membership is declining. It is, it is always, it's been doing that for quite a while now. And we can't seem to crack the code um, to be able to get people to come back. Um, it's, it's becoming a kind of a serious situation. Um, and um, I'm, I don't know what is going to happen with the next generation. And so, you know, this minister reminds me, you know, what, what do I do uh, as a minister living now? What is it that I can do to try to help um, the Buddha Dharma continue on for future generations? But I don't think it's just a minister's issue. I think it's also all the lay, too, for the lay. What, what can we do to to let this tradition continue on for future generations. For me, I think I want to tell the stories of the people who, were, who found joy in this tradition, who found solace and comfort in the Buddha Dharma, and to share those stories as much as I can until the day I die. Um, because I really think that um, this, this teaching can speak to everybody and um, it has something very powerful that, that can um, um, touch everybody's hearts. And that is something that I, I, I hope to do for the rest of my, uh, my days. And, and, uh, and uh, hopefully um, this you know, experience of what this uh, person did um, can get, inspire us to think about you know, how it is as Buddhists that we can get people to continue to listen to the Buddha Dharma and see the significance of this tradition.